DJ PK, it is time now to talk with our basketball insider, Steve Cleveland. And Steve joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Sprint makes it safe and easy to get what you need online. Please visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Steve, good morning. Good morning. Well, we got multiple things to talk to you about today. One thing that PK and I haven't had to do is manage other people during our careers. Don't know if you can pay me enough to manage other people, but there are people who do that. And as a head coach, you're CEO. Now, a basketball, a college basketball head coach, obviously the organization isn't as big as football, right? More players, right. more assistants, more staff. But still, you are uh, you're you're aware of um, the allegations against Morgan Scally, and Morgan issued Apology Friday, and there is an investigation going on. And we have already discussed, and I'm sure a lot of people have thought about. If they keep him, which on some level there must be some interest in doing that because they haven't let him go yet. So if they keep him, what would that mean for recruiting in the long run? How do you handle this within your staff as the as the CEO, whether you're basketball or football, there's gotta be a checklist of stuff you gotta go through. What are you thinking about? Because PK and I never do that. Well, I mean, I think first of all, you, you get to the to the root of the issue and make sure find out what's true and what isn't. And uh, and I think that the and I don't know all the details. I'm aware of this circumstance. I've read a few things, but I will. I'll just say this: if any time, as a head coach, you have an issue between an assistant coach and players, regardless of what they mean. Obviously, this is at a time where there's a heightened sensitivity, as there should be, in terms of racism and the things and kind of the blatant disregard for people and. You know, obviously, we in our in our country right now, um, this is everywhere you look. This is what we're talking about, as we should be. And so then, all of a sudden, you know, you, it comes to light that one of your staff members has said some inappropriate things to players. Then the first thing you're doing is you you bring you know you bring that player you know you bring that coach in, and and I'm sure they did that. They sat down and talked with him. I don't know. I don't. Have, I'm not privy to that interview, but I'm you know obviously. What's going on? What's the situation? The next people you go to are players. So who, who was offended? Who reported it? What were the circumstances? And you gather all the information you can. But in the sensitivity of these times, when everything is so transparent, whether it's social media, through television, print, print material, whatever it might be, uh, I, I think you do have to, to kind of go slowly with this, make sure that, uh, you know, you've marked all the boxes because – you're right. If they keep coach, and, uh, and and I don't know him personally, I know a lot about him, uh, and I have read um, five, six, or seven former players who have great love for him and say that he's changed their life. But that being said, I, I think sometimes we've all been involved in coaching. I mean, I, we've all had those ugly moments and maybe did something inappropriate or did something that uh, we're not proud of. Uh, and, in, and in the world we live in today, that can erase all the good we've done. And it doesn't seem fair, but it is. That's kind of how it is. So, you know, I, I'm hopeful that they'll be able to resolve this situation, but they have to take their time and do it. They just can't. It can't be a knee-jerk reaction. And, and I, obviously he's been suspended, <clears throat> and, and that was appropriate. And I, you gather all the information you can, and eventually the head coach is going to have to make a decision. And what him in his gut, what he feels took place and what happened. I have no idea what was said. Maybe you, you all could enlighten me on that. 
I don't know what the dialogue or the narrative was. Uh, obviously, it, it must have been pretty serious or it wouldn't have been brought up. And was it, was it something that was said in jest? Was it something that was said uh, maliciously? I mean, the, the intent is really important. The intent of the coach and what were the circumstances? I mean, all those things you got to go through. If, in fact, they do decide to keep him, then obviously he's going to probably have to sit down with counselors and uh, have some therapy and, and talk about things that he can do to, to better be more sensitive to all people specifically, obviously, African-American people. Yeah, I think that they, uh, from my estimation, uh, they got a commitment from an African-American. He intended to text uh, somewhat in jest to another staff member, who I believe was also African-American, and he inadvertently sent it to either the kid or the kid's parents, and that's what it was. And it was in 2013, and then when he goes out there and, comments on the george floyd situation somebody brings it up on social media hey here's what you did you want me to expose what you did in 2013 and then the floodgates open and here we are today you know we know morgan scally dj and i he did a show on our station right after us for a whole year in between when he got done playing before he went into being an administrative assistant and then became a coach we know him very well i give him the highest recommendation that i could possibly have i don't excuse anything but my experience with him is that he's a top-of-the-line guy. My thought for you, you know, you've been around, uh, you've coached at all sorts of levels, you're a mission president, and uh, you and I have talked a little bit about the challenges that they that, that presents. <laughs> so you've managed people for a for better part of 40 years now. My thought for you, this word, and it was the big one, obviously the N-word, what form, uh, if it's spelled traditional or not, uh, when did we as a society become comfortable with that word? Because when I grew up, man, if you said that word, that's like the worst thing you could say. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing is, in the society that we live in, that word is used, uh, you know, in so many different contexts. And, and it's used by African-American community. It's, it's used by, obviously, racist white folks that might use that. But, but it's used in, uh, in, in movies, in music. Uh, it's part of our culture. That, I mean, and, and, but you're right. I mean, there is no way that that would ever come out of your mouth. I mean, that, that's just the most inappropriate thing. But it's kind of like the world has been desensitized this because it, it is a word that the, the African-American can use in, in humor or telling a story or in music, but certainly it, it's not appropriate for a, a, a white person to say and use that word in that context or any context. So what happens, the lines get blurred. And certainly uh, I've been in settings where you have uh, Hispanic players, white players, black players, and, and that, that word has been thrown around as, as an adjective, as a noun, as a verb. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of like some of the inappropriate uh, language that, that people use in the world today as, as it comes to swearing. You know, I mean, you, words are used so differently today where when I was in high school, you know, nobody would ever, ever say that swear word. You know, that, that, that was an absolute no-no. You know, now it's the first thing that comes out of everybody's mouth. And, and, and I'm not, I, don't, I don't see this word, the N-word, being a word that is 
thrown out but amongst their own people and the African-American community. I, I've had lots of African-American players who I've heard say that word. But they're saying it to themselves, and oftentimes it, it was said in an appropriate way for, to, to, in, a, in, a, in a way that was, uh, uh, in, in, a, in terms of being friends. That was just the terminology, but certainly none of my white, I've never heard in my 40-plus years of working forever a, a white person using that, that word. And, but the context is really important. And I think that it's a situation that, you know, it's not, it's not an easy decision. You know, and maybe this doesn't even make the headlines if it's a different time. If it's a year ago, this is something that may just, hey, you know what, he's going to, we're going to dock some pay, or he's going to be suspended, he's going to go to uh, counseling, uh, he, he's going to work through it, he has uh, significant remorse, he's sorry, he's apologized to everybody that has been involved, and, and maybe you move forward and he's a better person for it. But it is a little bit more difficult right now where, where there's such a heightened sensitivity to all things that are going on and that are just tragic. I mean, obviously, uh, if, if the pandemic wasn't enough uh, to have this, all of this uh, racism and blatant disregard for human life and um, all of the things that are happening, uh, you know, it just all happened at one time and there is a heightened sensitivity times 100 than there would have been maybe if it happened at another time. So, um, it, you know, and I, I've heard nothing but really good things about Morgan, too. And let's face it, people do make mistakes. I mean, I mean, we live in a world where people all the time have made serious mistakes in their life, have shown great remorse, changed, become better people as a result of it, become advocates for whatever mistake they've made, and they move on. And and people are okay with that. Then there are some situations that uh, it's just you know it's not politically correct enough to to stand behind this man, and and it's just it's it's inappropriate. We've got to draw the line. I mean, I don't know how this thing ends, but I hopefully it ends where we've involved uh, certainly the people that have been offended. They're part of that narrative. Uh, the the the, play, the former players who probably are stepping up for him and saying, hey, listen, he, he was a great human being, treated me respectfully. All of that's going to be gathered, and at, at some point in time, I don't know whether that's a head coach decision or if that's a, the president of the institution decision. Whatever it is, there's probably going to be people that are not happy. And, uh, and that's just what you have to live with. So uh, it's unfortunate, and it seems to me that the character of Morgan Scali is it, the, over the years – He's been a high-character guy, a great human being, but, uh, you know, he, he had one of those hiccups in life that's become very public, and, and he has to kind of navigate those waters and go through it, and, uh, you know, I'm not, not being intimately involved in that. Uh, I know the sensitivity. I do know that people can change, and, but ultimately it's going to come down to the president, probably the institution or the athletic director or the head coach or all three they are going to say, we, we've got to move forward because we can't tolerate this. It's especially at this time when uh, there's so many other really, really inappropriate things happening in our country at the highest level to the lowest level. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And any other week, the first thing we would have asked you about is uh, Caleb Lohner, who uh, 
do you know his dad? His dad played 94, 95, 96. I don't know how much overlap or interaction he would have had. But now he's this four-star recruit coming out of uh, Wasatch Academy, signed a letter to go Utah, but now he wants uh, out of it and wants to go to BYU. So, wow, that couldn't have played out any more dramatically. Ironically, uh, about two years ago, I was in Provo, visiting and i went to watch practice dave coach rose i went to meet with dave and and just talked to some of the guys and i was in town and on that particular day i don't know if it was an official visit or unofficial visit but caleb and his dad happened to be there this is kind of on the irony of of this situation and i didn't know him i talked to coach rose he told me a little bit about him told me that uh great shooter athletic you know kind of so I, I sat and talked to uh, the young man for about 15, 20 minutes there while they were getting a little run up and down at the practice facility. And, uh, you know, I got the sense that, I mean, I, I just got a sense, I feel like, hey, his dad played here, uh, he's here, he's here on an early recruiting trip, whether it was official or unofficial, I don't know. But he was there watching. And, you know, he was a delightful young man. And then I talked to his dad at length and about my, you know, they wanted to know about my experience. And, so I probably spent 45 minutes with the two of them. And uh, so I was, I was as surprised to hear about this. Uh, obviously, I, I know a number of the people on the Utah staff and uh, thought that was a really good get. And I figured, you know, Dave, it was one of those things where Coach Rose uh, is, is done at BYU and this kid had committed to Coach Rose and his staff. And it's like, you probably opened his recruiting again, and in Utah was probably recruiting him just as hard as everybody else. So it, it kind of made sense that if okay, I was going there because of Coach Rose and the staff, but they're not there. You know, I don't know all the things that happened in between, but you know, all of a sudden he's at Utah, and I don't think I've ever seen anything quite so public as I'm leaving and I'm going to BYU. <laughs> you know, and so I don't know everything that happened in between, but I do know the family. And I was surprised when he didn't go to BYU. But then I thought, well, maybe it was about being with Coach Rose. And, uh, and because it was an unknown then uh, and didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, of course, obviously, Mark came in and done a great job and had a, an amazing year. And I don't, know what, I don't know what all impacted that decision. If it was made early on, uh, who knows. But uh, I know either way that, that if he doesn't, it doesn't sound like he's going to stay at Utah. So... Uh, it'll just be a matter of whether or not they uh, release him, but that's that's a tough that's a tough loss because he's got a huge upside, and uh, he's bouncy, he can shoot it, and he's still young. Um, so that's unfortunate for Utah. A very surprising to me, especially based upon my experience that I had with the young man and his father. Great, great people, and it seemed like a no-brainer that he'd go to BYU a couple years ago when he was on that official visit. Um, and it sounds to me that we've come full circle, and that's kind of where he wants to end up. It's just going to be a matter of whether he has to sit out or not, I guess. Yeah, so you're a coach, and a kid comes to you, whether he's in your program or sign a letter of intent, and he's going to join your program, and he says he doesn't want to be there. What are you supposed to do? You know what? There's not much you can do. Uh, and I, and I, I don't know if this is a much, as much – hey, listen, I, I have no idea because I've not talked to anybody on either staff. But it's one of those things that it may have been a situation where the reason, and again, I'm just, this is speculation, but if, if the reason he didn't come was because Coach Rose and his staff uh, were done and that's kind of where he had his relationship with and, and, it may, and maybe at the time it was a hard decision to make and he loved the guys at Utah and Larry and all the assistants there, 
Um, then he has a year to kind of watch BYU play and, uh, and, and, and see the, the experience there. Uh, he watches Utah play and all of a sudden starts thinking, hmm, I, I kind of like the, 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 maybe the tempo of the game. It looks like I have more opportunities here. And and then you know he he comes back because I, I was with I've been with the staff at Utah and and they were excited about having him and and uh, everything was uh, was really really positive. So I don't know if it was the things that transpired over the year with both programs, um, you know, or it was just one of those things that he uh, he just he just changed his mind. But uh, probably a combination of all of those things. But as a coach, if somebody doesn't want to be there. Uh, you don't want them there. It's not going to work out. And, and I don't know all the, the inside details in terms of how that happened. Uh, my only speculation is he came really close to going to BYU. There was questions. And, and if I'm recruiting against BYU, I'm going, hey, you don't know who the next coach is going to be, you know, this and that, all of those things that are going on. And I, did, he, did he commit early or did he commit late from uh, Wasatch? You remember? I don't. Yeah, so that would that would play into it as well, and he may have he may have committed uh, early to them. I think he did. I, it seems to me I was I was uh, around the staff a year ago, and he was committed. So he committed early before BYU had their season, before Utah had their season, and it could have been as simple as you know what I'm not sure I fit into this system as much as I'd like to fit into BYU system. With all the positive energy and things that were happening there. Probably as he watched that whole thing unfold, either him, his parents, or the combination of coaches, whoever helped him make that decision, they decided, hey, I, I, this is where I want to be. I want to play this way. And, uh, and there are consequences for those kinds of things, because, as, as there should be sometimes, because you go ahead as a coach and commit a scholarship and walk away from others, and now all of a sudden – you know, you, you get late in the year and you find out a young man that was going to come in and possibly play minutes, especially considering they have a little bit of attrition uh, with, a, with a guard already, uh, it, it's, it's kind of unfair to the, to the Utah program and to the coaching staff there. I mean, they're kind of hung out to dry. There's not much, they're not going to fill that void in, uh, during the summertime, and, and certainly probably not this summertime when we're having a pandemic and everybody's in and, uh, and, and you can't go out and recruit. So I have empathy for the Utah staff. I mean, it's a difficult thing, uh, but it never works out if a young man doesn't want to be there. And so it'll be that decision will be made up to the coaching staff and the athletic administration whether they release him or don't. But it did put Utah in a per, pretty precarious position. Uh, but I do believe that having the opportunity to kind of watch from afar and see both programs, it, does, it makes sense to me that, Loner who loves to shoot it and he loves up tempo and that's kind of way he wants to play uh, would change his mind. Uh, the, the question is, will there just be consequences to that or not? He committed. Uh, there's a Tribune story I just found while you were talking, August 21st, 2019. So late last yeah. summer. Yeah. So you know he had a chance to to watch everything unfold, and uh, and who knows what's going on behind the scenes uh, with family, extended family, coaches. Everybody that's involved, his, his coaches at Wasatch, I, I don't know. I mean, you, you all have been around this enough. Crazy stuff happens. But I, I know that when I was around the Utah team last a year or so ago, they were excited about having him and uh, felt like he'd be a great piece, especially with his ability to, 
to bounce it as well as shoot the three and just had a huge upside, I think. And so that's got to be really disappointing for them. Um, but he's made it pretty clear publicly at, at every level that he doesn't want to be there, and uh, which is unfortunate for Utah and, 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 and a great get for BYU, who has been looking for another shooter. Well, Steve, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on and joining us. You're welcome, guys. Take care. Have a good week.